so, <laughs> you know, I, as I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he was telling me about it. He said, you know, Pastor Ken, last week, man, I was giving his message, and he says, I really thought I was on point. I thought it was really good, and I looked out in the audience, and my wife was taking copious notes. He said, I really got really excited. Man, she must really be digging what I'm saying. And, and after the service, I asked her, well, what did you think of the sermon? And she said, well, what sermon? He's like, what do you mean what sermon? You were sitting there taking all of these notes. And she says, oh, I was just making a shopping list. <laughs> and you see, unfortunately, in life, some of us approach worship like that. We, we come into worship and we're worried about where we're going to go eat. What do we got to go do? What shopping we have to do? And, and instead of coming into the house and worshiping the Lord, we come into the house and we worry about what we have to do throughout the day. Well, we start thinking about what our week is going to look like. Oh, man, I got a bunch of meetings tomorrow. Man, I got to go back to work after four days off. You know, we got all these different things that we start to worry about instead of coming in here and focusing on what it should be focused on and come in here and focus our worship on the Lord. And I think as we do this, we got to really look at what we're doing. And this week we're continuing. It's the final week of our series, Thankful, Hearts of Gratitude. And, and you know, back in week one, we... We looked at uh, contentment, and we looked at how contentment is kind of a strength. And in week two, we looked at how we should be content knowing that God will supply everything that we need. And last week, we looked at our contentment should come from the love that God had for us through his son, Jesus. And this week, we're actually going to look at what it's like to be content, but it has to do with looking at our priorities. And what are the top priorities in our life? And I think when we get done here, a lot of us are going to understand that our priorities are wrong. Our priorities aren't what they should be, although in our mind we think they're right, but according to God's word, they're totally wrong. And I think that what we need to understand when we look at this is we need to ask ourselves this question. When it comes to how you spend your day, what are you placing first, God's kingdom or something else? And I think the answer requires us to understand that contentment comes from change priorities. It comes from a change in priorities in our life and what we're looking to focus on. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. If not, the words will be here up on the screen. But let's go ahead and dig in. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 33. Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't your, are you worth more than they? Can any of you add a moment of, of a moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. 
They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was, a, was not adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Heavenly Father, as we look in your word today, Lord, I ask that you open up our eyes that we can see what it is you want us to see. Lord, that we can see that contentment comes through you. That we can see that you provide for all of our needs. And Lord, that we can reshift our priorities on you. And Lord, may your name be glorified through it all. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I was preparing this sermon, I got to thinking about sermons that have impacted my life. And there is a sermon given back in 2012 by a pastor named Pastor Greg Rolinger. And he came to the church I was on staff at at the time, and, and he actually gave a sermon on this set of scriptures. And, and I remember to this day, it's, it's one of them I go back and I watch it or listen to it over and over again. And, and there were really two sermons that he gave. I mean, he's a bunch of different sermons. I watched different ones. But the two that have impacted my life the most, one is called Look at the Birds, and the other was Keep on Rocking. And, and I tell you this because uh, the, one of the reasons they had so much impact on me is Pastor Greg had a terminal illness. He had a neurological condition that affected uh, everything he did. It gave him really, really low blood pressure. He was only in his 50s. He had four children. He had, him and his wife had planted a church inside their own house that had grown to be over 4,500 in attendance every weekend. And meanwhile, he had this terminal illness that there was literally no cure for. There was no therapy for it. There was nothing that could be done for this illness. And one of the things that during his sermon, it, of course, it was about worrying because that's what the scripture is about. He kept asking, are there any professional worriers in the house? Now, think about it. Some of us are professionals at worrying about stuff. We're professionals at being anxious. You know, in some cases, people come to us to find out how to be anxious. Or they come to find, hey, how do you worry so well? Can you tell me how to do it? Be because unfortunately, some of us are very professional at worrying about things. And that's what we're looking at today. The, this scripture is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Just prior to the scripture, he's actually talking about not storing up treasures here on earth, but storing up your treasures in heaven. And remember, as, as we're reading this scripture, this is Jesus speaking. So, so this is Jesus speaking to us. Red letters, it means something. It means you really need to tune in. You need to listen to what he's saying. And, and you know, during this series, we've touched on contentment. We've touched on, on how we try and find contentment in this world instead of his word. And here we see Jesus teaching, and in these nine verses, think about this, in these nine verses, 
Six different times Jesus talked about worrying or being anxious. Six times in nine verses. Do you think maybe you should listen to what he's got to say? Saying it once is one thing. Six times in a matter of nine verses means, hey, we really need to lean in and see what he's saying and see how we can apply this into our life because it must be important for Jesus to say it six times in nine verses. It should be important to us because it was important to him. Amen? So, so here's the point. It, he, he breaks it down into our necessities, necessities in life. And he starts out with, he talks about for food. And he tells us to look at the birds of the air and understand that if they're fed, then God who loves them and loves us even more is going to take care of us. Now, I do find it interesting that he talks about the birds. Has anyone ever just sat down and watched birds for a while? They're pretty interesting to watch, right? Because they're constantly working. Have you ever noticed that? They're always working. They're always doing something. So they're either always gathering to build their nest or they're gathering food to eat. So they're constantly back and forth doing something. But have you ever noticed that they never build a nest that's too big? And they never build two nests? So they don't have one nest that they live in and one where they hoard everything at? Where they keep all their possessions and all the extra stuff at? Have you ever noticed that? They, they live for that day. They build a nest that's just the right size. And then they go and they get their food. They get enough for each day. God makes sure they got enough for each day. I'm sure they don't compare their nest to someone else's nest. Oh, my nest is a three-story and has a three-car garage. What do you mean your nest is only 7,500 square foot? You know what I mean? They don't do that. And what I find really interesting is, besides tweeting all day, I bet they don't worry about what's on social media. Oh, you like that, tweeting all day, huh? You know, they're on Twitter, forget it. Some of y'all missed it. But they don't worry about what's on social media. But yet, what will we do? We will compare our nest to somebody else's. We'll compare what someone has on social media to someone else's. And here, Jesus is saying, why do you worry about that? Look at the birds. And what it tells me is, guess what? Each one of us has work to do. We have work to do each and every day, and we need to do his work and do his will. It's not about what we want. It's about what he wants. And food is a necessity that all of us need, right? We can all agree. If he gives it to the birds, is he not going to give it to you? He will always provide for it. So as we look at this, can, you know, consider what, he, what he's talking. And then I think next, you know, he looks at, as he talks about this being an anxiety, he, concerned, he tells us to consider the wildflowers of the field. Some translations say lilies of the field. Have you ever looked at, like in the spring, just over a field full of lilies or wildflowers? It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing when you just sit there and you look and you see God's whole creation. And, and I got to thinking, I wonder in this huge lily field, and lilies are absolutely gorgeous, if there's a lily in that field saying, I wish I was a rose. Do you think, you know, do you think there's a lily thinking it was a rose? But how about us in our life? You know, we're a bunch of lilies. How many of you are sitting there saying, I wish I was a rose? I wish I was something different. Because we worry about all these different things, and, and we worry about 
what we're going to eat. We're worry, we worry about what we're going to wear. And, and as this looking as a necessity, you know, Jesus is telling us, don't worry about it. Some of us really worry about what we're going to eat and what we're going to wear. Now, me, I am a Walmart guy, just so you know. I buy my clothes at Walmart or Amazon. That's it. I ain't going crazy. Now, I will tell you for a little while, I was a Stitch Fix guy. If you never heard of Stitch Fix, it's, it's this online program where they pick your clothes out. You give them your sizes, and they'll actually pick out clothes for you and send them to you. And it's like kind of some of the modern styles or different things. You kind of pick what you want, and they'll kind of say, hey, here's what we're sending you. And you can say, oh, I like that, or hey, I don't like that. Can you change your color? And it was pretty neat. So every two months, they sent me clothes. So I got clothes and shoes, and then it got expensive. And I was like, it's really not worth this. I'll go back to Walmart. Now, the other thing, until recently, all I ever wore was Nike brand. Think about that. It had to be Nike shoes. If I bought any type of sports apparel, dry fit or anything like that, it had to be Nike. You would never catch me cross-dressing. I would not wear Adidas and Nike together. I'm sorry, that's cross-dressing and that's wrong. You know, if I'm aware it was going to be Nike, and, and this kind of started back when I was in high school when I started working, you know, because my mom was a single mom raising four kids, so she was on this budget. So, like, my sneakers used to come from Winn-Dixie. And some of y'all are like, Winn-Dixie sells sneakers? Yes, back in the day they sold sneakers and all kinds of stuff. So I used to have to get my sneakers at Winn-Dixie, and I would get picked on in school because of the sneakers I wore. I couldn't wear Converse. I couldn't get them. You know, my mom couldn't afford them. Once I got a job, it was all Nike. And, and as I look back on my life, I start to realize, man, I was really trying to keep up with the latest fad. I was trying to keep up with the latest tradition and, and be like everybody else instead of being myself. And, and, and as I continued to do that, you know, I, I realized just how bad sometimes we have it. You know, I had to have the newest Nikes. Whether they were Jordans or whatever they were, I had to have the newest pair. And then when I saw my son starting to do the same thing and I paid $120 for a pair of sneakers for him, and the first day he scuffed them and he never wore them again, I, oh yeah, what? I'm, I'm telling you. I was like, you got to be outside your mind. You're going to wear these shoes. If you ain't wearing them because they're scuffed, guess what? You're doing lawn work in them. I paid that much money for it. And I started to realize, but how many times do we get stuck on, you know, we want the latest Nike or we want the latest Louis Vuitton or the latest <laughs> or, or, or the latest Prada. How about the latest Tesla? Now, now uh, I'm not a Tesla guy, and, you know, it's funny. I always talk about, you know, I want a different Mercedes C-Class. Uh, I do like Mercedes, but I've never owned one, and I probably never will because they're expensive. But if I had my choice on a vehicle, Ford F-150 Raptor, my God, that's a beautiful truck. It's a pretty truck with a pretty price tag that I will never, ever get. And guess what? That is a want, not a need, so I'm really not worried about that much. But I see one going down the street. I will turn my head to look at it. And then I realize, you know what? God didn't provide me with this, so guess what? I don't need it. And I continue going on. And I think that's what Jesus is telling us here. We need to remember, don't worry about these things. 
Don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your clothing. Don't worry about your stuff because God is going to take care of it. Your heavenly father knows all that you need. And if he knows all that you need, he is going to supply it. The problem we have is, you know, we like living in this society where it's like right now. And we may need it. We don't need it right now, but in our mind, we need it right now. And then God's timing isn't always our timing. But understand, he is going to supply. He's going to supply everything that we need and all that we need. And understand, this isn't one of them don't worry, be happy songs. It isn't a don't worry, be happy cliche from Jesus. This is him telling truth. This is him telling the truth that we need to spend our life instead of worrying about taking care of ourselves we need to remember that God will take care of us. God will take care of every one of our needs. And, and instead of us wasting all this energy and time on things that aren't important, we need to waste our energy and times on what is important. And what is important to us should be is also important to him, and that is the kingdom. Our focus should be on the kingdom of God. And let's be honest, we spend a whole lot of time pursuing things that make no sense. We spend a lot of time pursuing things of this world that we don't need. Because most of the time we spend a lot of time pursuing our wants. Because wants make us feel good. They make us feel good for a little while, but then we want more. And, and what we should want is everyone to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So if you're going to worry about something in life, worry about a family member that don't know Jesus. Worry about a coworker that don't know Jesus. Worry about someone who does not know Jesus. That's what you should worry about. God is going to provide for all of your needs. God is going to provide. And I think we really need to understand that. And for Jesus to talk about worry six times in nine verses, we must really be doing it. And I don't know of anyone in this room who hasn't spent time worrying. A lot of us probably worried this last week. Is this turkey done? Is everyone going to show up? What's work going to be like after four days off? We all have different things we worry about. And most of the time, none of them are worth worrying about at all. In, in 1963, there was a movie, and it was called Lilies of the Field. And it tells the story of these poor nuns in the Arizona desert. And, and what happens is, this guy named Homer Smith, he's an army veteran. He comes wandering up, and the nuns ask him, hey, can you fix our fence? So Homer thinks, hey, good, you know, I fixed their fence. I'm going to get paid. Well, that's what Homer thought. What the nuns looked at is he is a blessing from God sent to us to build us a church. Now, they had no resources. They had nothing going on. And Homer, unfortunately, spends this entire movie having to force himself to deal with God's will. And, and as he's going through it, and, and every time that something goes wrong, God shows up. Every time, the, every time they run out of supplies or resources for the church, the nuns would pray and God would provide. And here poor Homer had to just thought he was going to fix a fence built in an entire church. And through the whole process, they've come to really realize how God provides. 
and how they were able to take that time just to sit back. And when things weren't going for their needs, that they prayed and God provided. And, and through this whole story, it just really shows that like this scripture where we need to focus our time and where we need to focus our talents to words. And instead of wrestling with God about it, we need to follow his will and understand that he is going to provide. And as we look today, I want to encourage you, if you're worrying about something, start writing it down. Honestly, write down what you worry about. And then after you write it down, I want you to kind of categorize it and think of it like this. Is what I'm writing down, does it fit into the category of food or clothing? So you kind of have your list. And then start with that list of other things you're worrying about and start saying, well, are these wants? Is this the new TV I want? Maybe it's the new car I want. Maybe it's a new house I want. And start looking at what you're worrying about and deciding, hey, uh, is this important? Is this something that is a want or is this a need? And then I want to encourage you that as you're writing down them list of worries, where's the kingdom of God come on that list? Because most of us would probably say, oh, uh, it's the kingdom of God. I don't worry about it. That's what we should worry about the most. We should worry about the kingdom of God. We should worry about doing what Jesus and God calls us to do. We should worry about the unsaved in this world. But it's generally not on the top of our list. Generally, someone who's not saved is somewhere near the bottom below all of us. I need this to eat. I need this to drink. Uh, I need this new Prada or, or these new Nikes. I need this new car. Uh, I need this. And, oh, well, I, I, I know my uncle is on his deathbed and he don't know Jesus, but, but I got these other things to worry about. Shouldn't that be your worry? Shouldn't that be where you focus your time to have those conversations? Because heaven and hell are in the balance. But we won't take that step. We'll worry about everything else instead. And, and instead of worrying about what we don't need to worry about, we need to honestly think about him. Verse 34 tells us, don't worry about tomorrow, focus on today. Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. You're going to have more stuff to worry about tomorrow than you had today. Because anything that you were worried about today that you didn't accomplish is probably still going to be there tomorrow, and then it's going to compound to get more stuff. And it's going to get worse and worse, and you're going to get so confused. on Well, what do I do? What do I do? Let me give you some practical application. You know, earlier I talked about Pastor Greg. And the reason that he impacted me so much is as he was going through this terminal illness, he never stopped focusing on the promises of God. He continued to focus on the kingdom. You know, like I said, over the years, him and his wife, they planted a church in their house. And it grew into this huge church, 4,500 people a weekend. Almost seven years ago, he met Jesus face to face. So it was shortly after he gave these sermons. And I remember during the, the, his sermon, Keep on Rocking, he, he talked about how his day was spent with planning the vision of a church he wasn't going to be in. Setting up 
a time for the transition for a new pastor to come in. And understand, this was his baby. He, he took it from his living room to 4,500 people a weekend. Of course, it was God who did it, but used him to do it. And now, in his 50s, he was knew he was going to die. His focus remained on the kingdom. His focus remained on the truths of God's word. And he even said, I still believe God can save. I still believe God can heal. And I will be healed one day either here on earth or when I see Jesus face to face. He lived off of that promise and continued to do what he was called to do. He sought the kingdom and his righteousness first. And I think that's what we need to do. He never questioned God. He always held firm. He focused on the kingdom. What about you? Where's your focus at? Your focus on what you want or what he wants? Is your focus so much on what you're worrying about and, and how am I going to do this? Well, a little tip on worrying. If you worry about something, like I said earlier, write it down and make a list. Well, let's do it a little different. If you're worried about something, write it on a piece of paper. This is what I'm worrying about. And then ask yourself this question. Is there anything I can do about it? Now, here's the thing. When you write down, I'm worrying about this. Is there anything I can do about it? If you say yes, what's stopping you from doing something about it? Because if you can do something about what you're worrying about, why are you worrying about it? Go do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Go handle it. Do what you got to do and get that worry off your plate. But we'll worry about something that we can actually do something about instead of taking action and doing something about it. Take action. God may be using you in someone else's life that you're worrying about to be the blessing in their life. But instead, we'll sit back and worry about it. If you can do something about what you're worrying about, do something about it. Don't just sit back. Now, the other thing, if you, this is what I'm worrying about, can I do anything about it? And you say no, then why are you worrying about it? If you can't do anything about it, you need to give it to God. Make a little box, put the piece of paper in a box, a God box. Or God, you know, men, we have boxes in our head. Women don't understand, but we got a box where we can do nothing. Okay, take that God box and put it inside the God box. And guess what? Let go and let God. Because if you can't do anything about it, why are you worrying about it? Honestly, think about it. Why do we worry about stuff we can't do anything about? There's no sense in it. You give it to God and continue to seek his kingdom and seek his will because he'll take care of it. But we will worry about stuff that we can do absolutely nothing about. We can't do nothing about the economy. Hey, maybe we can write letters or do something like that. Probably ain't going to help. But we do our part. So you do what you can do, but if ultimately you can't make it different, give it back to God. Give it to God. Let it be his. Let him be the one who worries about it and go on with your life doing his business. Instead of doing the business of someone else that you really can't do nothing for. Because remember, you've already admitted you can't do nothing about it. And why worry? That's easier said than done, isn't it? Think about it like this. 
the more you worry, the less God you got. The more you worry, the less God you got. The less you worry, the more God. What do you want more of? You want more worry or more God? Jesus said in here, he, he talks about you're unfaithful. You, 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 you know, you ye of little faith. How many of us have ye of little faith because we worry too much? We worry about things that need to be just given to God. Worry less and think about God more. I, I, want, I want more God than I want worry. Worry gave me gray hair at 27. I don't want to worry. Unfortunately, I do. Because every one of us do. We all get caught up in that cycle and we worry about things that we shouldn't worry about. But what about us as a church? Are we about the kingdom business or are we about our business? And that's something to think about. Because as individuals, we might be about our own business, but as a church, we should be about whose business? His business. We should be about kingdom business in everything we do. Our focus should be bringing people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what we are called to do. God has been faithful to First Baptist Church of Lantana for a long time. As a matter of fact, since 1963, when it became a, the founded, when it was founded and incorporated in 1963, God has been faithful to this church. God has always provided for this church. You ask people who have been here for a long time, they will tell you God has always provided. There were times they didn't even know how they were going to write the pastor's paycheck, and God provided. God has used this church in this town for a long time. That needs to be our focus. That we're going to continue to be the church that God planted here back in 1963. He provided back then. He will provide now. He will provide going forward as long as we're about his work and his kingdom. And that's what we need to focus on. We need to, everything that he has provided us with we need to use to glorify him and to bring people to his saving knowledge. And if that's updating the landscaping outside, if it's updating the painting of the building, if it's updating classrooms, sanctuary, whatever it may be, classrooms upstairs, ACs, whatever it may be, we need to use what he has provided to reach the lost. But it takes every one of us to do it. It takes us to be focused on his business, and his kingdom instead of our own personal business. Yeah, we're going to have conversations that we may not agree on colors of paint. We may not agree on carpet. But in the end, all of us should agree on one thing. Jesus Christ is our Lord, and that's who we are doing this for. That's what we come here for. We come here for him. We preach his word not only here, but in the world that we live in. We need to be about his business. So the question is, when it comes to how you spend your day, what are you placing first? And truly answer it. Where are you placing it? Change that priority, and, and let's focus on God's kingdom instead of something else. And, and understand, if we really want to be content, 
we need to change our priorities. Our priorities can't be on the world. It can't be on stuff. It needs to be on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can give us all that we need, provide everything we need, and carry us through our day and give us that contentment, that peace that only he can give. We're not going to find that peace in this world. We won't find the peace amongst each other unless we're seeking him first. And if all of us are seeking him, everything else is so much easier. Because everything else is so much easier. Because instead of focusing on ourselves and our own wants, we focus on him and we focus on his needs, not our own. And, you know, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, hey, pastor, that's real good. But, man, <laughs> I want that new Prada. I, I want that new Louis Vuitton. Man, you see the new Nikes that just came out? Man, I, I, need, I need some new Beat headphones. Yeah, I know. That was a pick over there. <laughs> I, I need these new Beat headphones. I think I'm going to start preaching with Beat headphones on my head. What do y'all think? <laughs> we get so caught up in stuff. And maybe you're one of them who's caught up in stuff. And, and maybe it's that time that you just need to come back and say, Lord, I need to focus on you and your kingdom first. And put your focus on what it should be on. And maybe you're here because you've never met Jesus. And, and you're like, well, I don't know who this Jesus is. And and I'm trying to live this life, and man, all this stuff in the world, I, I think I'm content, but the problem is I'm really not because I keep trying to get more. And, and, and Pastor, you don't understand my life. Man, I was in the bar last night till 2 this morning. Man, I was just shooting up at 5 a.m. Man, you don't understand. I, I, I've been divorced. I, I, I've got all this baggage in my life. He'll never accept me. Guess what? God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, including me, is sinners. So you're joining a good company. We're sinners. Hey, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're all sinners. Let's find Jesus together. God loved you enough that yet while you are still sinning, Christ died for you. Christ died for all the sins you ever did and all the sins you're still going to do. Because guess what? Every one of us is still going to sin going forward. Until the day we meet Jesus face to face, we're going to sin. May not be the sin we used to have, but we're still going to sin. But thank God it tells us if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That's what it comes down to. That's the beginning. Accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and then the work begins. Because there isn't a Christian in this room or joining us via church online that will tell you being a Christian is easy. It's not all roses and lollipops and Ferris wheels. Being a Christian is a hard work. It's hard getting up and doing what God wants you to do every day. Because there's days I just don't feel like it. And I know if there's days I don't feel like it and I'm up here preaching, I know there's days you don't feel like it. 
But that's what we're called to do. And, and maybe you're struggling with that in your life. And, you know, during this final song, you can just give it to God. Have that conversation. You can do it right in the pew. You can come up front and just, you know, Lord, help me to shift my priorities to you. So that we can find contentment in Christ. Because that's where our true contentment comes from. And if you've never accepted Jesus, you know, today could be your day. Whether you're here in the room or joined us via church online. God's word says today is the day of salvation. And you can say that prayer of salvation. And we can welcome you into our messed up, jacked up family. Because every one of us is messed up. Every one of us is jacked up, but every one of us is loved. We're loved by a God that has, that's just amazing. He don't care where you're at. He'll accept you right where you are. But he expects you to change to become that new self. So where are your priorities? Hopefully after today, your priorities will be on the kingdom and not on ourselves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you that you provide for our necessities in life. Lord, we get so worried about food and clothing and stuff, and, and Lord, you tell us not to worry about it. Six times in nine verses, you tell us do not, be, do not worry and do not be anxious about necessities. Because, Lord, you will provide. So, Lord, I ask that you come and, and be with us during this week. And, Lord, that when we start to worry, that we will actually take that time and ask, is there anything we can do? And, Lord, if we can, that we will do it. But, Lord, if we can't do anything about our worry, may we give it to you. And, Lord, may we be about your business. May we be about bringing people to your saving knowledge. May we plant seeds every place we go. May our focus be on the kingdom of God, on your kingdom. Because, Lord, your kingdom will last through eternity. This earth will not. So may we shift our focus this week and prioritize you. And prioritize all of everything you have provided for us so that we can use it to glorify you and advance your kingdom. So, Lord, I ask that you help us this week to seek you and your righteousness above all things. And, Lord, we love you. We seek to honor, praise, and glorify you in all that we do. And make your prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, 
definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.